We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Nick Whalen back with Brandon Kravitz. We are presented to you by Underdog. We'll let you know about Underdog right off the bat. Underdog Fantasy is the number one platform for NBA best ball and DFS player pickup contests. If you have not tried Underdog yet, new users over at Underdog, you'll get a first-time deposit bonus up to 100 bucks and a free six-month subscription to Rotowire. All you got to do is use the promo code RWMBA. That's RWNBA. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app today. And again, use that promo code RWNBA to claim your free RotoWire subscription and that deposit bonus. It's free money, Brandon. Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. If you haven't signed up at Underdog, now is the time. I can tell you, I, you know, I've been in the weeds on Underdog. I got back into it last night, took a couple of days off uh, around the holiday, didn't want to be sweating out bets, you know, while opening up gifts at my, my parents' house. But what? Yeah, it's part know, of the holiday. Right? Very big of me, I thought, in a lot of ways to um, you know be the bigger person and, and not bet the NBA on Christmas Day. We got right back into it last night. I had I had Moses Brown props going. I had Jabari Walker props going. Uh, you know, got him in late. Had to had to really go heavy on that that Portland Sacramento game last night. Well, and that game delivered too. So there were a bunch of oddball names that you could have uh, scored some wins on uh, via underdog. But I'm I'm just shocked to hear that you're not betting on NBA Christmas. It's like, I mean that it's it is akin to opening your stocking. This is not. I know. This is part of the process. I know. Look, I'm not Sweating saying I feel good bets about it. while people are trying to talk to you is the, the like that. That's the art that we should perfect at this point. Look. It's on me. All right. I need to be better. I had plenty of irons in the fire on the NFL action on Christmas Day. I didn't feel like I we needed had that to too. double down at this yeah. point. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back into it this week. I'm not worried about that. Already got some things fired up for tonight. Uh, no Rotowire NBA show, by the way, if you are listening to that on SiriusXM NBA. We're off this week. Uh, we will be back starting uh, after the new year. But good to be back with you, Brandon. Uh, I know you were sick uh, last week. Hopefully you're recovered. I know you're, you're still in the latter stages of that illness, but you sound pretty good to me. Uh, yeah, it would, uh, it took me out. I have a four-year-old. He brings home all sorts of, uh, nasty germs. Thankfully he got sick too. He's all right. Um, and it's taken me tomorrow will be a full week since I got sick and I still don't feel like 
I'm at 100%, but I'm close enough to talk some NBA hoops. So this is actually the first bit of like real on-air work I've done since I got sick. So mm -hmm. I, this feels good to get the juices going. I got my cup of tea here. I'm ready to talk some basketball. I love it. We're, we're high energy. You know, normally we're doing this pod at like 9.30 a.m. my time. So you know, I got I got to like mainline some coffee. I, I got to really get into the zone. But doing this middle of the afternoon, uh, a bit more, nice. bit more energy. And yeah, so we... We'll be going for about 45 minutes here. Uh, we got a, a hard out around 3.30 p.m. Eastern, so keep that in mind uh, if you're listening live and get those questions in. If you have any fantasy questions, you know, any players you want us to talk about, teams, uh, you know, start, sit, anything like that, just throw those in the chat. We will hit those over the second half of the podcast. Uh, thanks to those who've chimed in already. Uh, Limbo Boredom, hello. Hello to you. Uh, Paul, hello. Uh, glad to see you guys in the chat. And uh, again, get those questions stacked up. We'll hit those rapid fire style in the second half of the pod. Brandon, we got to talk Pistons. Uh, we're not even going to talk fantasy when it comes to Detroit because we had a, a record broken last night. Uh, I was on on Sirius XM doing our football show with Jeff last night. Got to be honest, had a pretty tough time paying attention. There were a couple times where he he would ask me something, and I'd be like, "Wait, what? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm glued to Nets Pistons on League Pass." Yeah, this uh, th this is a tough one to stomach. If it, far from fantasy, this is very much a reality that the Pistons are dealing with a league record 27 losses in a row. And it just doesn't matter who they're going up against or even what their guys do. The fact that Cade Cunningham was as dominant as he was last night, dropping 41 points. This man is doing everything he can to drag this team out of the doldrums. And they just don't have a real NBA roster. We like some of the names that are on this team. We certainly like Cade Cunningham, but man, they have so much work to do and it starts up top. I mean, I blame the players partially for the losing streak that they've gone on, but they're not the guys that put this team together. That's the front office. Uh, Monty Williams, I think his head should be on the chopping block here. We fire coaches for a whole lot less than this and uh, 27 losses in a row. That's just tough to stomach. Heads need to roll. Well, the problem is they paid Monty Williams, like, what, almost $80 million? To yeah, he's one of the team. highest paid coaches in the league. I think he's got to be the highest paid coach, right? I, I don't think that would is... start with Monty Williams. I'm just saying he should be part of the conversation. He, he should. Look, if you lose 27 in a row, I, I think everything is on the table, right? I, I don't think there's anybody who's who's safe here, uh, maybe other than Kate Cunningham. And I, I know there's there's been some chatter of, look, do they just go, like, full mega reset and, you know, even trade Kate Cunningham, which – I don't think they would do. Uh, he's still on a rookie contract. I, I think he's been good enough that you you view him as a foundational piece. And I, I don't know that he's necessarily complicit in this. Uh, you know, certainly he, he played one of his best, if not maybe the best second half of his career last night, trying to will them to a victory. But really, man, I mean, it's it's Cade, it's Bogdanovich. You know, having Jalen Duran back, you know, has certainly helped them. I think that's kind of raised their level. They're not they're not just getting like completely housed every single night like they were a couple of weeks ago. They've been more competitive, but you know. Guys like Isaiah Stewart, Jaden Ivey, they've been up and down. You know, the, the bench unit really for Detroit, that's where they get killed, right? You look at some of the starters. Like even Isaiah Stewart, who didn't play well last night, he was still a plus 12. You know, Cade Cunningham, plus five. Jaden Ivey, plus 12. The bench unit every single night. You know, they they were up 22 to eight last night in the early going. They put up 31 points in the first quarter. I mean, it was basically a best case start by Piston standards. And then you bring in the, you know, Kevin Knox, James Wiseman, Alec Burks, Amen Thompson unit, and those guys immediately blow the lead. I mean, that's bad teams don't have depth. We know that, but I, I think that's really what separates this Pistons team from teams like, you know, Washington and Portland and Charlotte and San Antonio. Not that those teams have great depth, but the Pistons are basically rolling out G leaguers coming off the bench. 
Yeah, and I, I would I would throw back to those people that say, "Oh, you got to blow this thing up." When you're already at rock bottom, how do you bottom out? I don't understand what you could really right. do from here. This is a team that um, that is still going to have. It's not like they're spending a ton of money. Uh, they'll probably trade Bogdanovich, yeah. but we've been saying that for a year. I just don't understand what you can do other than make better decisions, and that's not a bottoming out process. They're going to have one of the top picks in the draft whether they trade a couple of their key pieces or not. They've lost 27 in a row with the guys that are on the roster. If they want to lose, they're doing just fine at accomplishing that. Uh, so I don't, I don't really see how hitting a reset on an already rock-bottom roster is really going to help you here. you got to identify, I think, a piece, two at the most, mm-hmm. and then just figure out how you can start to just to rebuild around those guys or, or if you're going to trade Cade, don't do it under the guise of we're blowing it up. Do it because you don't want to ruin this guy's career. Do it. At, do it out of charity. It's the giving season. Let's find somewhere else for this guy to play basketball. He is a treat. And I know, I, I think at this point, do we all want to see the Pistons win? Are we in, are we in agreement? Are we cheering for Detroit? No. We want to uh, see no. this continue. Yeah, I want to see it continue. I don't I don't really have a whole lot of sympathy here. I feel bad for Cade, obviously, but you know, there there I think there's some hubris here with Detroit, right? I mean, Troy Weaver was talking pretty confidently about this roster this offseason. And I, I think I think they thought they were going to be way, way better than they've been. And, and to me, that that kind of adds to the comedy element here. It's a good point to bring up though, because you know, they had this three game stretch and they've been staring it down for a couple of weeks where it's like, all right, that Utah game felt like the one. And obviously they let that one slip away. Everybody expected them to lose on Saturday in Brooklyn. They did. Uh, and then, you know, put forth a good effort, but obviously couldn't get it done last night. So they, they have the record. I guess at this point, I don't care if they win. Uh, I just think if, it, it's rare to have a team even in position to set a record like this. So I wanted the Nets to win last night just because we were so close to history and it might be another like decade before we have another chance at this. So the fact that the record has been set, you know, maybe I'll back off, but I mean, they play at Boston tomorrow. They're not winning that game. So that's going to push the streak to, to what, 28. After that, Toronto, Houston, at Utah, maybe, maybe, at Golden State, at Denver, Sacramento, uh, and then they are home for the San Antonio Spurs on January 10th. So I think you're, you're circling the Utah game. You're circling the San Antonio game as the possibilities. They do play Washington in mid-January as well. So I, I, don't, I don't think this is a streak that we're still talking about, like, at the end of, of January. They're, they're going to find an opportunity here that, like I said, they've been playing more competitive basketball over the last couple of weeks. But, man, I mean, this could this could easily stretch into the 30s, uh, I mean, with this West Coast road trip coming up. Yeah, and, um, I mean, the, the Detroit Pistons now are, you know, they're etched in history with what they have uh, lacked to accomplish here. I think what we're looking at here is – like a second wave of an in-season tournament where you don't want to be the team that they end up beating. So every game they enter into is like a one-and-done tournament Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be the team that that allowed them to get that victory. And, yeah, you you can look at the schedule, say Utah would be the most likely. Mm -hmm. We know how this works. It's going to end up being one of those teams, like a Golden State, you know, one of those teams that should – I don't think Boston, they're too fully formed, but um, it'll be one of those teams that they're not supposed to beat. And they'll end up taking the, uh, that that squad down, and it'll cause chaos within the room of whoever it is they defeat. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think with each loss, it becomes increasingly more embarrassing if you're the team you know against yeah. whom they they snap that streak. I think it was Dayron Sharp last night for the Nets who said that post game. He's like, "Yeah, man, uh, obviously we did not want to lose this game." He's like, "When I was right. out there, like I'm going extra hard." I, I think he said he was going 110 percent when he was on the court last night because you don't want to be the team that loses. 
Um, we'll talk about some other you know fantasy fallout from these last couple of days. Obviously, we had a, a robust Christmas Day slate. We had a bunch of games last night as well. Uh, you know, I, I made a critical error in one league, Brandon. I, I, was, I was at a funeral yesterday. You know, I was running around, driving all over Wisconsin the last couple of days. Got to be honest, was not like mega locked in uh, on my my fantasy rosters, getting everything in order before uh, you know Monday's games. So I kind of already missed my window. I did not start Andre Drummond. I did not get him in my lineup. Nice. And Andre Drummond had the game last night: twenty-four points, twenty-five rebounds, three steals, two blocks, even threw in an assist. Hit both of his free throws, 11 of 13 from the field. I feel like this is going to be the turning point in that league where I look back and say, man, if I had just started Andre Drummond during week 10, man, I would have won the league. Uh, but we're looking at a nice little window here for Andre Drummond, who I guess I'm glad that I have him on a roster. Like he's somebody that, especially in deeper formats, you know, at this stage in his career, like this is a 16 team league. You're never going to feel great about rostering Andre Drummond. You might get some chuckles for people in your league when you go pick him up. But, um, you know, these are the opportunities when Nikola Vucevic now set to miss some time where, you know, even these last few seasons when he's moved into this, you know, backup role, he's playing like 12 minutes off the bench. He still has games every now and then where he'll put, he'll put up like eight points, 15 rebounds in like 14 minutes and kind of remind you that he's, he's a permanent monster. And the bulls are saying Nikola Vucevic out at least a week. You know, I think it was Shams or Woj. You said it could be seven to 10 days. Uh, you know, we've already kind of been down this road with Zach Levine. Uh, this is a legitimate injury for Vucevic. I don't think they're just holding him out, but for a team that, you know, it could go in any direction, really, as the trade deadline approaches. You know, I, I'm not saying, you know, grab Andre Drummond and start him the rest of the way. But this could be a nice, like, two to three week uh, window for Drummond if this Vucevic thing ends up being more than a week. Yeah, especially if his matchups are as favorable as they were last night. The Hawks aren't a team that's chocked full of size. So he was able to get a bunch of easy rebounds and kind of rack up his stats doing that. Uh, Andre Drummond, it, it, it was awesome that he was able to turn back the clock the way that he was. This is not a player that is in the thick of his prime. Uh, when we when we saw Pistons Andre Drummond, that was a guy that could do something like this like once a week. Uh, he is he's thirty actually, years old, by the way. So like statistically, he might be in the thick of his prime. But, but like he doesn't look like it. No. You know, like he it feels like Andre Drummond's best days are behind him. Uh, I saw the stat on SportsCenter today that flashed the players in league history to th that have the most 20-point, 20 20-rebound 20 games in their NBA careers. And he's on a list of names that are like Hakeem Olajuwon and Wilt Chamberlain and like those kind of guys. Um, hey, that's who he is. By the way, Shaquille O'Neal wasn't on. Dwight Howard was on the list. Shaquille O'Neal, oddly enough, was not. Uh, but Andre Drummond, one of those guys. So uh, maybe he can give you this. One more time, but I'm not I'm not exactly sipping the the Andre Drummond Kool-Aid. And we know that he's atrocious from the line, too. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he doesn't take that many anymore, thankfully. Um, but you know, if, if you're throwing him out there in a weekly if he's league, doing yeah, this, you know, hack a drumming will become a thing yeah, again. Yeah, I know. I know. That's that's the that's the rub here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I want to back up to Christmas Day, Brandon, and we, we give more shine to Jaime Hawkes than I would like to think any other podcast in the, the NBA space. My goodness, man, he keeps pouring it on. No Jimmy Butler, no Joel Embiid. You know, some of the luster had worn off of this this Sixers heat showdown. Miami ends up getting a 119-113 win. But 31-10 and 10 for Hawkes with, with two steals and an assist. 11-15 of 15 from the field, 8-8 of eight at the free throw line. Uh, I mean, this is, this is very quickly to me, you know, developing from, oh, you know, fun story, landed in the right spot. We'll see how it turns out to, like, a guy that you absolutely have to be rostering. And I know it, you know, Jimmy Butler being out of the lineup for the last three games, that helps. But he has played so well that even on a team that is so deep and has, like, three or four guys on the wing that you never really know what the roles are going to be, I, I think he is he has locked down a major, major spot in this rotation going forward. And it still feels like we haven't seen them fully formed because as soon as Hero and Adebayo come back, that Butler goes out and, um, you know, there's, there's going to be some ups and downs for Hawkes, but this has been incredible, man. Like I was watching the highlights um, or you know, watch part of the game and then watch the, the full Hawkes, you know, YouTube highlights. It doesn't make sense. Like it's almost, it's almost Luca like to me, like he doesn't play like Doncic. I'm not saying that, but when you watch Luca, you're like, what is it about him? Like, why is he able to get by guys? He's not fast. Yeah. He's not quick. Like he just, it just works. And Hawkes has kind of that same like mystique to his game. He does. Um, this is a guy that knows exactly the type of player that he needs to be in order to be successful. He's incredibly efficient. And in, I do think, even though it's been overused so much to this point already, the fit is such a big factor in all of this because he really is the perfect Miami Heat player. And this is a team right now where, where I'm going to buy Jaime Hawkins stock because this is a team that's not exactly all that deep. Uh, and, you know, you think of Miami as this team that always has this great bench. Look at some of the guys on roster. This is not a deep Miami Heat team. They lost a lot of pieces last year. Caleb Martin hasn't exactly picked up where he left off in the postseason yeah. last year. So I would expect this to continue for Jaime Jaquez. And I think he can be a star in his role, whatever that role might be for the Miami Heat moving forward. Yeah, worth noting, uh, you know, Cliff brings this up in the chat. Thanks, Cliff, that Caleb Martin did get banged up. Um, he is doubtful to play tomorrow night. Uh, so that is, that's something to monitor. Uh, Duncan Robinson's on the injury report as well. Jimmy Butler, you know, he's questionable. We don't, don't really know when he's going to be back in the mix. But that's that's the thing with Miami. And, and you know, part of the reason that I, you know, in, during draft season at least, like st- kind of stayed away from a lot of those depth pieces for the Heat was, it was just like, I don't know how this is going to work out. Like, are they each going to play like 18 to 22 minutes? It's going to be really frustrating. But it's actually kind of been a goldmine for fantasy because one of these guys, at least one, is always injured. And you know, it feels like if you're if you're riding the the hot hand at the right time, you're you're kind of getting a free ticket to like 30 to 35 minutes a night. And that's what it's been lately for Jaime Hawkes. Um, yeah, we'll get to some questions in the chat in a bit. Uh, thanks everybody for 
chiming in there. Keep those coming. Uh, we'll go rapid fire through those questions over the second half of the podcast. Um, Brandon, we, we we saw your team in action last night, the Orlando Magic taking care of business on the road at Washington. Orlando now 18 and 11 on the year. Uh, nice night for Franz Wagner. Nice night for Paolo Bancaro. Both of those guys have been carrying this team. Uh, saw Anthony Black, you know, have, I would say, arguably the best game of his career, pretty clearly statistically last night. 23 points, six boards, four steals. Did have five turnovers, but nine of 13 from the field, four of six from three. Uh, thoughts there? I, I assume, you know, we're, we're going to get a decent amount of questions on, all right, do, do I rush out and grab Anthony Black? Yeah, it was great to see. Um, and it's not like he can't do it again, but I, w- I would not expect that sort of shooting performance. They left him wide open, all, all alone on an island from those corner spots where he likes to shoot his threes. I see him at the uh, now called Kia Center. Man, that's going to take me a minute to get used to. Um, it's the Amway Center. He practices that shot incessantly. I mean, the guy's a workaholic. Uh, so it's not a it's not a shock to see that it paid off in a one game scenario. Teams are still going to sag off of him and let him have that shot because he is a good finisher at the rim. He can get teammates involved, but that shot it's not broken. Uh, but it's not something that really he can rely on. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that you're a pro NBA player. If guys are going to leave you wide open, you have to take the shot. And, uh, and eventually you got to make him pay. He was finally able to do that with this stat line. Um, but what I like more than anything else is the steals and the rebounds. Like the fact that he's getting those to me are more repeatable. And that, that sort of stat line can stick more than anything else. But the three point shooting, you know, if you take that away, it was a it was a good stat line. Nothing great. Would I rush out to go grab him on the waiver wire? Probably not. But um He's going to get starter minutes for um, however long it takes for Markel Fultz to come back, which, by the way, I still have no idea when that's going to happen. I mean, it was, what, five weeks ago that we started this conversation about Fultz? Like, yeah, it could be any day now. And here we are. I mean, this is yeah, this was something that I think initially we're like, all right, maybe one to two weeks. And there, I mean, have you are, are you privy to any real updates? Are they still taking this game to game? Is he being evaluated frequently? Is it just kind of a, hey, tell us when when the swelling and the pain goes down situation? I mean, you know, I, I'll put it like this. If I were given real good, solid behind the scenes information, I wouldn't be able to share that. But I have not been given any of that. So I can tell you that that is not I, there's nothing I, I'm even holding back from you. Um, we're just not getting any information. And I think that that speaks volumes because it's not like he re-injured his knee. That's the thing I keep going back to. He didn't have a moment where he got banged up again. You know, I think because a lot of people are removed from this situation further than I am that they just assume, well, he had a knee injury and it must have happened somewhere. This is just a swelling issue from a knee injury that took place, Nick, in 2021. So... Yeah, we're it's almost 2024, Brandon. You know, it is a couple days. Happy New Year, everybody. So this feels like a chronic issue. Is he going to come back at some point? Yes. Uh, But I have I have no confidence at this point that he's going to be able to stay on the basketball court because he's not able to get back onto the basketball court and he never even re-injured his knee. Let's stick with Orlando for a moment and talk about Wendell Carter. Uh, we got a lot of questions about him these previous weeks. You know, should I grab him? He's, you know, a lot of people dropped him early in the season. You know, he only played, I think, five games at the beginning of the year. Didn't look great in those five games and then, you know, missed a month and a half uh, with the injury. He's now been back for four games. He was immediately 
reinserted into the starting lineup a week ago against Miami. He started all four games since returning. Uh, production's been pretty underwhelming, man. Uh, you know, decent rebounding numbers, I guess. That's that's about it if you're trying to find a positive there. But despite starting, you know, he's still basically playing like you know 18 to 21 minutes most nights. You know, he's never never been a, a super high volume shot blocker. That hasn't really been there. It doesn't give you steals. Decent passer for his position, but again, not something that you're really zeroing in on as an impact for fantasy. But do you see his role increasing? Like, is this still kind of a ramp up process or are we just talking about somebody that we can ignore for the time being in most fantasy leagues? Yeah, I would lean towards ignore. Uh, and it's not because he's not a good player. I'll lean on a Brandon and Nick classic. He's a better real life player than he is a fantasy player. I think it has more to do with the guys around him than him himself. Uh, he isn't a three man center rotation right now. How many guys, how many teams around the league can say that they're running an effective three-man rotation with their five spot? Uh, and the Magic feel equally as good of, about all three of these players, so I see no reason why they would get away from that. Wendell Carter Jr. is the most uh, the most skilled overall of the bunch. Mo Wagner brings a sense of effort and tenacity that you kind of need. You need that nasty on a basketball team, and you know to to bring that sort of attitude. He is the guy that that instills that. Goga Bataze is the best defender of the three of them. And if you look at the plus minus, he, the net rating for the Magic when Goga is on the floor far exceeds the other two. So you can't get him away from uh, the basketball court. But you're not going to stop starting Wendell Carter Jr. So the, it's a three-headed monster. This is the fantasy football version of having three running backs and you don't want to start any of yeah. them. Yeah, I think in this situation, it's it's like the Baltimore Ravens, and I think Wendell Carter is like Justice Hill, uh, where where it's like even even though like there there might be some weeks where he he might get the most carries, he's not really doing a whole lot with those carries. I mean, we saw we saw Wagner and Batadze outplay him in like half as many minutes off the bench last yep. night, right? I mean, I, I'm I'm not really touching Wendell Carter. I went and picked him up a couple weeks ago in one league, and I've already dropped him there. I, I just don't I don't really see it. Um, I want to talk about Jalen Johnson real quickly. He made his return for the Atlanta Hawks, was right back in the starting lineup, 10 points, nine boards, four assists uh, last night against Chicago, played 29 minutes. Uh, good timing for DeAndre Hunter to get hurt. You know, I think we'd be having the Johnson, Hunter, Sadiq Bay debate right now, uh, but DeAndre Hunter is going to miss at least two weeks undergoing a, a, what feels like a pretty minor knee procedure, but this is one of those things, Brandon, we've seen this so many times. Somebody has been injured in the past. He's dealt with lower body injuries. Would not be surprised, you know, if he remains out beyond that two-week timetable. So, Either way, I mean, Jalen Johnson, to me, played so well. You know, outplayed Hunter, outplayed Bay early in the season. Like, he was a, a guy that I'm comfortable throwing back into the lineup, but uh, should have a really nice runway here now with no DeAndre Hunter for a few weeks. Yeah, and and you nailed it. Like, he, the guy that he was before he left with that injury is somebody that you want, you want shares of. Um, I love what I saw from Jalen Johnson earlier in the season. It's just one game back. Is it a stat line that blows you away? No, uh, 10 points, nine rebounds, four assists. Not bad by any means, um, but I think better days are ahead. Before he left, uh, he was averaging close to 18 points per game for about a five-game stretch. So this is a guy that can be really effective in an offense that, you know, outside of Trey Young, they, they might feature him from time to time, and he'll have his opportunities to fill up the stat sheet moving forward, no doubt about it. Uh, another strange news uh we, we somebody brought this up in the chat thank you limbo uh aaron gordon gonna miss some time you know we had the andrew wiggins slamming his hand in a car door 
injury a couple of weeks ago. I, I think this has supplanted that as the strangest injury so far on the season. Uh, Aaron Gordon had 21 stitches to address lacerations to his face and his right hand, which, as you know, he is a right-handed player, uh, after getting mauled by a dog uh, over Christmas. So I no, totally missed this story. It, Where it the hell is this? Yeah, just came out a couple hours ago. Um, I don't know exactly when this happened. Uh, obviously, in the last day or two. I mean, he, he played on Christmas Day. Uh, so it had to be in the last, like, 36 hours at 16 That's and awful. 10 in 32 minutes. Yeah, this is... That's why I'm not a huge dog guy, man. You know, like I, I like dogs. I, I don't want a dog of my own. I don't want to be worried about being attacked, mauled in my own home. Um, we have no That's no fair. reports as to the name of the dog, the the type of dog, uh, the make and model that we're dealing name with. Name of the dog. I don't think that's going to be the first bit of info to fly out. Yeah, his name was Phil. <laughs> yeah, that do it that what you will. Yeah, hopefully it's not some sort of uh, like intimidating name, but I, you know, I assume this is a pretty serious dog. Regardless, Aaron Gordon's going to miss some time. Uh, again, we have no idea how long. Uh, kind of reminds me of like the David Njoku fire injury that we were dealing with in yeah. the NFL earlier this season. Obviously, he played through it. Uh, but Aaron Gordon is, is going to miss, I would imagine, at least a week. You know, Looking at their upcoming schedule, uh, they play a, a Thursday, Friday, back-to-back against Memphis and OKC. Got to imagine he misses at both of those games. Uh, they play four games next week, including New Year's Day against Charlotte. They're at Golden State, then Orlando and Detroit. Uh, so you could be missing out on a four-game week for Aaron Gordon. Uh, they don't have another four-game week until – I think it's not until like February. So a bit of a light schedule for Denver through the month of January. But, uh, you know, the, the question came through in the chat, you know, is there is there an ad here? Uh, is, is there a way to, to capitalize this for fantasy? I, I'm, I'm not really sure. You know, Aaron Gordon did miss four games earlier in the season, and they, they went with Justin Holiday in the starting lineup uh, for, for some of those games, you know, not really somebody to target in my mind. Um, you know, Zeke Naji is kind of the name that comes to mind, uh, but it's not like he saw a, a notable increase. You know, looking at those box scores right now, he was still, you know, kind of hanging around pretty, pretty minor minutes off the bench. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know if there's really an obvious pivot, right? I mean, they, the, the Nuggets have some young players who I think are going to be interesting as they mature and as they, they see more minutes, you know, Strother, Christian Brown, Guys like that, um, you know, Peyton Watson, I, I guess, is the guy who, you know, positionally would, would seem like maybe he could he could step into more minutes. He didn't really see a, a tangible boost when Gordon was out uh, in late November, but he's also been playing, you know, around 20, even close to 25 minutes in a lot of games lately. So if you have to pinpoint one guy who I think benefits most from a minutes uh, perspective, it's probably Peyton Watson. Yeah, but I mean... Th- Aaron Gordon was is like the fifth option on this team, right? Uh, and and he just he gets his just based on being in the right spots. He's an NBA veteran and he's a talented player. So nobody is going to step in and just automatically get his stat line because they'll just ignore whoever it is that's on the floor in place of Aaron Gordon. I, I'm not really interested. And I, I just see a boost in all of the guys that are already rostered more yeah. so than a natural replacement for Aaron Gordon. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at, we have, we have a good, you know, on off differentials page over at Rotowire. You can find that in our, our NBA stat section. And you know, it, it, there's just no, there's nobody that really jumps out. Right. Um, you know, I, I think Zeke Naji per 36 is the guy that sees the biggest boost, but really, really it's Nikola Jokic, you know, his usage, you know, jumps pretty significantly. Like he's averaging eight more points per 36, uh, two more assists per 36 with Aaron Gordon, off the floor this season. 
Uh, you know, you see a, a mild increase for for KCP. You see a mild increase for guys like Reggie Jackson and Holiday and even DeAndre Jordan, who you know maybe sneaks in a few more minutes if they if they want to go big, or you know maybe they they kind of go with a smaller lineup and, and sneak DeAndre Jordan in there as a backup when Jokic is off. But yeah, the Nuggets are, are are a unique team, and I think you're right to bring up that you know Aaron Gordon is not a guy who's hunting shots, right? He he subsists on you know cuts. I mean, his his career has been completely changed by playing with Nikola Jokic and, you know, he's an offensive rebound guy. He's an energy guy. It's not like you're saying, all right, you know, here's like five, three point attempts and 16 shot attempts that are now off the table. Um, I, I know it's appealing from a minutes perspective because, you know, that is 30 to 35 minutes that you're taking out of the rotation. Um, so in a deeper league, I, I think maybe you take a look at Peyton Watson, but there's nobody that I'm really excited to go and add. I saw this question uh, on the, I think it was on the chat that said Julian Strother. I know he was a guy that got us all excited for a minute in preseason. Kind of a similar Maybe. build. It's yeah. Possible. Yeah. I mean, Strother is, is such a different player, right? I mean, he's, yeah. he, he's a kind of a three point marksman, you know, kind of more of a, I would say true shooting guard, small forward, whereas, you know, Gordon feels like he's really solidified as a four. I know early in his career, they tried to, you know, get him as more of a ball handling type. You know, I, I think maybe develop him as, as like what Palo Bancaro basically has become. And I, I just don't think that was ever his niche. You know, to me, he's just, yep. I think he's like he's like a, a junior version of like Sean Marion, right? I think that's kind of what you're asking of Aaron Perfect. Gordon. That's exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's let's talk a little Lakers real quickly. I don't I don't have a lot to say here. I was discussing this with Alex on the XM show last night, and you know, I, I think weirdly the Lakers and the Suns to me are are like having parallel seasons. You know, Lakers lose on Christmas Day to Boston. They're now 16 and 15. They have cratered since the in season tournament. That felt like it might be kind of a galvanizing win for them. It has not been. Uh, Suns are now 14 and 15 after losing to Dallas pretty handedly on Christmas. You know, both of these teams, Phoenix especially, is is in a bad spot right now. Obviously, they're under 500. They'd be out of the playoffs. They'd be out of the play-in right now if the season ended. But they're only a game behind the Lakers, so it's not like they're out of this. Both of these teams, like obviously, they need to get into the tournament zone more than anything, and I think they will. Um, but it, they're they're tough teams to evaluate for me in the regular season because. We, we saw it with the Lakers, especially last year, right? I mean, they were, to me, they were more of a disaster in the regular season than they've been this year. And they still clearly have that switch, right? I, I think deep down is, is, even though they say the right things and, and they want to win as many games as they can, they are a get us to the playoffs and then we'll show you who you are type of team. And I'm starting to feel the same way about Phoenix. I mean, the, the question is, do either of these teams have deep rooted enough issues that you'd actually worry about them not making the postseason field? I don't worry about them not making the playoffs, but I would worry about them being early outs in the playoffs. And I think Phoenix is my bigger concern because they've already pushed all of their chips to the middle of the table. They don't have any other moves that they can make. I think the Lakers could still fine tune some things around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They still have pieces that can be shipped off and turned into a different type of asset for this team. I don't know what Phoenix could do other than moving off of the big three that hasn't really even played together. Right. So uh, they would be hitting a board on a project that hasn't even started yet. Uh, I worry more about that because those guys can't even get on the floor together. And, and the idea of bringing Durant and Booker and Beal together is we don't need a bench. Well, yeah. now when those guys are out, you do, and you don't have one. Um, and so they think that's the reason they're struggling. The Lakers, it's more of an age thing, and they need that third piece. D'Angelo Russell can be that sometimes. Uh, Austin Reeves is showing that he can't be that quite enough. Uh, they need to find that other guy, and, uh, and they, they still have the ability to find that via trade. 
the other LA team, the Clippers, uh, they're 18 and 12. They've been on a, on a heater over the last few weeks, got an easy win over the Hornets last night. That was with no Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but I'm looking at the fantasy rankings, eight cat per game over the last month. Kawhi Leonard, number four overall, James Harden up to number five. Uh, did you see this coming for Harden? Like, were you buying in on him? Yeah, I know that I was doing some drafts like the last week before the season started. I want to say James Harden went 58th in, in, in my NFBKC. And I was, I was ready to pop him. I, I, I wish I would have, uh, got him in a couple of leagues at a discount. Um, I, I thought he was being wildly undervalued. Obviously there was concerns about sitting out games, things like that. Um, but you know, I, I think Harden has always been that guy, like wherever he's ended up, even if the team has cratered, even if his, his reputation has taken a huge hit. Like he has always, always, always been a fantastic fantasy player, arguably a better fantasy player than he is a real life player. And he's a great real life player. Uh, but did, did you think he would reach this kind of ceiling in L.A.? No, I didn't. And and you, I mean, credit to you, because you were touting that all, the whole way through. I was uh, I was pretty down on on James Harden, just figuring that at some point his his attitude, his lack of what from from afar, it's not like I know James Harden and his work ethic personally, but it just seems like his lack of commitment to the game of basketball and really just wanting to be a lifer and be out there and play no matter the circumstances. I felt like at some point that was going to catch up with him and with his talent starting to deteriorate just slightly, mm -hmm. I thought that maybe it would be now. Uh, but I jumped the gun on it. He's still the exact same guy, at least in the fantasy world. I'm having a hard time separating the two. I think playoff James Harden has, uh, has has definitely etched a certain memory in my brain. But James Harden is a guy I've got no shares of, uh, and I'm just sort of watching it from the sidelines. But credit to you. you. You were on that from the beginning, that this is a guy that uh, even in landing in L.A. where with these three guys healthy, only one ball to go around that he would still be able to put up a good stat line night tonight. Uh, I promise I didn't bring that up just for just for you to praise me for being in on James Harden, who I did not what? even target you deserve it. enough. Well, you deserve it. All right, we got about ten minutes left. Let's hit some listener questions. Uh, if you're if you're watching live on YouTube or on Twitter, fire some of those in the chat. We will hit as many as we can before we head out. Uh, we got a question from Limbo. He says, "Would you add Nick Richards or Pat Williams tomorrow?" He's in a Yahoo Points League. Uh, Jalen Smith and Vince Williams are interesting picks too. Um, obviously, you know, Mark Williams is banged up for Charlotte. So you're looking for a replacement there. Pat Williams maybe sees some more minutes when Nikola Vucevic out of the mix, uh, Levine still out. Uh, obviously all these are, are pretty relatively unappealing. You know, you're, you're likely in a deeper league if you're making some of these decisions, but you know, if you're just looking to stream uh, for, for one game or for the rest of the week, do any of these options really jump out to you, Brandon? I think I want to tail what I'm seeing with Chicago because I, I, a lot of people are going to get really excited about Andre Drummond. They're probably going to start playing some of his props and all of that. There's no chance he backs up this performance with with another one uh, where he scores 20. Nope, 0% chance. You heard it here first. But they play the Indiana Pacers, and there are always stats to be had going up against Indiana. So I would go Pat Williams. I'm going Nick Richards if Mark Williams misses. That's that's the big thing. You know, he's he's more day to day at this point. Obviously, we know Vucevic is, is going to be out for at least seven to ten days, uh, whereas Mark Williams has been day to day. But uh, you know, to me, Nick Richards is the, the clear choice here. Uh, if Mark Williams misses another game, you know, he's now started eight in a row uh, during that span. You know, he's averaging nine points, nine boards, one and a half blocks. That's about all you can ask from a streaming spot. And he's been even better over these last two games, back to back double doubles at three blocks against Denver before Christmas. So that's where I would lean on that one. 
Uh, all right, Paul asks, these have been my three trades this year. Can you please rate them? So he has traded Markkinen, Kuzma, and Melton for Tatum and Shangun, Tyus Jones and Jaime Jaquez for Kobe White, Shaden Sharp and Chris Stapps Porzingis for Paul George and Brooke Lopez. So we'll start with okay. the, the Markkinen, Tatum, Shangun one. I would give that one an A. A plus. You got, you got Jason Tatum and Alperin Shangun. That feels like a major win. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they're starting to uh they're starting to distribute the production with the Washington Wizards. We're seeing Tyus Jones play much better basketball. Would you agree with the grade? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Markinen, really good player. Obviously, I think Kuzma's been a lot better in fantasy than people realize. And you know, Melton had a nice run for a while as well. But I, I think you got the two most dependable pieces in the trade, and you got the single best player in Jason Tatum. And I, you know, kind of worry about marketing as the season comes to a close, if they, you know, end up pulling back on his minutes or arresting him later. So, um, yeah, B plus or an A minus for me on that one. Um, you know, the Kobe White thing, people keep asking us, you know, do I sell high on Kobe White? It's like, I, I'm riding this out, man. And, you know, I, I think it depends when you made that trade, you know, especially if you got him, you know, when Tyus Jones was not playing well um, or, you know, before Hawkins had, had truly broken out. I think that looks even better. Um, but Kobe White's not somebody I'm trying to sell. Like if I could acquire Kobe White for basically two role players and as much as I love Hawkins, he still ranks outside the top 100 on the year. He's been awesome, but you know, he's not carrying you in your league. Whereas Kobe White, if you, if you drafted him, you know, late or you picked him up early or you traded for him early, I mean, he has been, you know, a borderline league winning type of player. So I think he did really well on those first two. How about Sharp and Porzingis for PG and Lopez? That feels like a, like a C. I don't know, man. I uh, uh, well, you know, I yeah, I, I don't know. I'm 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 always way too high on Shade on Sharp. Now he's dealing with injuries, so yeah. I'd bump it up to a B. I would give that one a, a B plus, honestly. I mean, Shade Sharp was was awesome early in the season when he was playing like 45 minutes a night. Uh, but like you said, he's injured. His his production has gone down since Simons came back. Uh, you know, Scoot had, had a nice double double last night. He's starting to to play a little bit better. Um, and with Porzingis, like he's been great when he's out there always worry about the injuries. You could say the same thing to some degree about Paul George, uh, but he's you know consistently been a, a much better fantasy player than Porzingis and, you know, Brooke Lopez. I know he's cooled off like over the last month. I think he ranks outside the top 60, but always kind of a weird player to evaluate. Uh, I don't know that the algorithm is all that kind to him because he doesn't rebound. He's not like a, a big time scorer, um, you know, fairly low percentages for, for a big man because he takes so many threes, but he's leading the league in blocks. So I, I think you did pretty well there. So nice work all around uh, by you, Paul reshape the entire lineup with that There's, one yeah I, I wish i was in leagues that were doing more trades I, I i've been sending out trades left and right in the stake league and just haven't been getting too many bites uh cliff says is there a possibility the vooch injury could linger on to him being traded uh do i pick up drummond hmm well definitely pick up drummond for now we we talked that through uh, earlier in the pod absolutely go get him um like you know like brandon said you're not getting 24 and 25 every single night but you know, he's going to, he's probably going to average easily a double double as long as Vooch is out. I think the bigger question is could you see this lingering, you know, toward the trade deadline? Yeah. I mean, he's a trade candidate. We're not that far away from it. Uh, but this is only supposed to be a one week injury. So I'm not going to go overboard on that. I, I don't think they hold him out that long. Uh, it's not like he, he's not exactly a problem child. Vooch is like the easiest guy in the world to get along with. So I don't think um, that's going to be an issue. If, and you still want to drive up that trade value. Keeping the guy on the bench is not a good way to do it. 
I also just don't know how many teams are going to be interested in Vooch. Like, I think there's a lot of teams that would like to add him. It's just like how many teams are like, all right, we need like the worst defensive center in the league to, to push us to right. the playoffs, right? It's like, I, I worry I worry that if he gets traded, it would be into like a smaller role, you know, where he's kind of being used in spots for, for a better team. Like, I think he's almost in a best case scenario for him right now where he's at in his career with Chicago. Would you drop D'Angelo Russell for Brandon Pajemski? Uh, who we're referring to as AirPods. I like that. Um, you will note that I do not have my AirPods. Wow. I, yeah, that, that was a sort of a sore subject, I know, guys. Right? I, I got them right here. I opened them up, as I always do right <laughs> before the pod. There's only one AirPod in here. I don't know where the other one went. So I'm going back to these these lame uh, wired pods. But yeah, I would do that right now. I think I would. I mean, it, we, we kind of always knew that the Lakers were going to sour on D'Angelo Russell at some point. Uh, got off to a great start. You know, if you got like two good months out of him, great. I mean, he was fantastic through the first like three or four weeks, especially. But I mean, he's, they, they're kind of Russell Westbrooking him right now. I mean, he's played 35 total minutes off the bench over the last two games. If you extrapolate out to the last 30 days, Pajemski ranks like almost 50 spots higher than him in eight cat leagues. So I would, I would go Pajemski. I completely agree. I mean, he's been one of the few bright spots of this golden state team outside of the obvious candidates and they need as much as that as they can possibly get. Draymond green is out. Who knows how long? Uh, and and they're going to need more Pajemski minutes. I like the way he's playing. Even when Draymond Green comes back, it really seems like they've found something in him. All right, we'll hit a couple more here. Uh, Nerdy Nerd says, Ivy or Exum, rest of season. He is in a nine-cat, 12-team league. Uh, strangely fair question, Nerdy Nerd. Yeah, I, shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think there are a lot of people that didn't even know Jay. Uh, Dante Exum was in the NBA until like two weeks ago. Uh, he has obviously played better than Jaden Ivey on balance. Um, you know, rest of season, I, I hate to say it. I, I think I would maybe still lean Ivey. Obviously, Exum has benefited with no Josh Green and, and more importantly, no Kyrie. I think not knowing when Kyrie's coming back, that's the biggest thing. If, you know, if, if, if we could say Kyrie's coming back next week, then I would say Ivey. But if this extends, you know, another month, which who knows with, with Kyrie, um, then I, I think Exum is the guy I want in the short term, but I, I do think rest of season, there's probably a little bit more there with Ivy. I have no interest in putting Jaden Ivy in my starting lineup at this point. So if you need help now, Dante Exum has to be the guy. Um, and we're looking at tonight. I haven't seen the latest injury report. I know Luka Doncic was questionable. I think he's still questionable going into yeah. tonight. Um, so he's somebody that could help you out immediately. If, if Luka's not playing, I would expect Exum to put up a pretty yeah. good stat line. I would say the good thing about Ivy is he's not killing you in percentages like he was last year. So like, even if you go that route and obviously there's going to be some ups and, and a lot of downs, he's shooting 46% from the field. He's at like 80% at the line. So I, I think you can live with it more than you could in years past. Uh, is Cole Anthony a keeper in a category league? Uh, will Fultz cut into his value? Thanks guys. Thank you, Ant, for the question. I'll, I'll defer to you on this one quick. I don't think Markel Fultz cuts into his value. Cole Anthony is pretty solidified as what he is. He's a microwave off the bench. So if that's something that appeals to you as a, um, I don't know your keeper situation, but I would say yes. If you like what you're seeing out of Cole Anthony now, it's not going to change. All right. A couple more, then we'll be out uh, asking for a friend. She got offered Valanchunas for her Jaron Jackson, but she wants to <laughs> counter that to get Austin Reeves with Valanchunas. What would you guys do? Yeah, I would not trade Jared Jackson straight up for Val Judas. I know they ranked fairly close on the year. Um, you know, Jared Jackson's been a disappointment. He's still the better player. He was a way, way better fantasy player last year. There's still a lot of value there in terms of the blocks. I would, yeah, I would, you got to get an attachment if you're making that deal. And, you know, I, I think Austin Reeves makes that more fair. I still, I don't know if I'd 
really want to make that swap, but definitely don't do it straight up. We don't get enough asking for a friend questions here on the podcast. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Um, but, but how about, by the way, you and I have not discussed this with each other. John Morant and his injection into this Memphis Grizzlies lineup has just, I can't remember the last time I saw a star reinserted into a lineup so seamlessly yeah. where they're right back to what they were the last time we saw John Morant with the Memphis Grizzlies. It's truly amazing. Yeah, 4-0. They beat the Pelicans twice. They beat the Pacers. They beat the Hawks. Big one uh, against the Denver Nuggets on the road tomorrow. I think that will be maybe the first real test. And you know, they do have Marcus Smart back as well. That was something we didn't mention. He came back last night. Uh, right back in the starting lineup. I think, you know, he's not nearly as important to this team as John Morant, but, you know, some of the fill-ins that they were having to throw big minutes to over the last couple of months, uh, obviously, um, you know, Marcus Smart goes a long way toward, toward sewing that up. Uh, all right, last one, and we got to be on our way out. Melton or Pajemski in a points league? So we already said we would take Pajemski over D'Angelo Russell. How about Melton? I think I'm still going Pajimski. I am feeling the buzz. Uh, I like what I'm seeing right now in Golden State. And like we said, they need somebody else to step up and become a bigger part of this offense. And he is doing that for them. Uh, I think Steve Kerr is really going to lean heavier into this guy. Yeah, I'm on Pajemski as well. Uh, you know, the thing with Melton is he's so valuable in, cat in category leagues because he's, you know, like 1.6, 1.7 steals per game. That diminishes a little bit in points leagues. You know, obviously you still get, still get um, you know, points for the steals, but it's not um, not quite as useful. And, you know, Pajemski's been great in that area as well. You know, you look at his last 10 games, he's at 1.9 steals per game. He's got a steal in nine straight, had five steals on Christmas Day against Denver. So even if you just break it down to that category, I don't think there's really much of a drop off there at all. Um, and with Pajemski, you know, the percentages have been pretty good so far for a guy who takes a lot of tough shots, 40% from three, 46% from the field. Uh, but in a points league, I, I think I like him even more. You know, I, I think there's a, a higher floor there. So I would lean, I'd lean Pajemski over Melton and I would take Pajemski over Russell as well. All right. We got to get out of here, Brandon. I, I know you got family stuff to attend to enjoy, you know, the rest of your, your time away from your, your full-time radio obligations. I got to get to a dinner uh, in a couple hours here. I got some NFL stuff to pound out. So uh, we'll end it here. We will have a, a pod tomorrow. We'll have the usual waiver wire pod on Friday as well. And then coming back from the new year, we'll be back in full swing with five episodes per week. So thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thanks to those of you who threw questions in the chat. Brandon and I will be back next Wednesday.